Today on Talk About That, I invent some weird new products for my merch table and lament the slow death of DVD and CD sales just in time for the strange resurrection of cassettes. Meanwhile, John goes down the rabbit hole of 90s Christian rock, and we remember awful camp games from our days as youth leaders, plus a conversation about confrontational Christianity and whether we're really called to be constantly turning over tables of other people. Today's episode is not sponsored by Low Carb Chocolate. This Valentine's Day, give the gift that says, I know you love chocolate, but I never cared for you. Love is in the air. It's your weekly dose, Johnny, of everything that's good. It's talk about that. Yeah, weekly dose. I'm trying to think of what medicines you take a weekly dose of. Uh, yeah, there's, that's not a thing, is it? I don't know. It's, it's got to be a strong med to take a weekly dose. Huh. Which, guys, that's what we are here to talk about that, the podcast. I wish we had the in front of something. It's so much more, like, epic to be, like, Johnny, the comedian. You know what I'm saying? Talk about that, the podcast. The Ohio State University. Johnny W., the lunchbox. (laughs) John Driver, the action figure. I was, when I was started doing uh, comedy, and you have to have merch right away because you're, like, you're making nothing, and you're like, if I could sell a T-shirt or a bumper sticker, I could at least like make gas money. Yeah. So you and you see all these other comedians; they have all this merch. It's like a flea market at some of these comedy shows. You're like, I need, I need this. Right. And now that I've been doing this long enough, I'm like, I'm so sick of carrying it all around the country with me. Yeah. So I try to like negotiate it out of the thing, like with myself. I'm home, like packing, like I don't want to take all that crap all over. So sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But I remember one of the ideas I had was for a USB drive with my, because I thought, well, physical media is going away. Even right. then I knew it. Like people are, and people are having these little USB, like, I'll make a little USB drive that's like just me. Uh-huh. And it's me holding a microphone, but like my head pops off and it, <laughs> you p- plug it in and that's my DVD or that's my special or whatever on the, yeah. and I priced them and they were like $5 each. Whereas CDs and DVDs were like a dollar each. Yeah. So I was like, all right, maybe we haven't got there yet. And we still haven't. So it's still, physical media is still like hanging on, Yeah, but it's going away. Like the pandemic definitely hit fast forward. But anyway, what the main thing I wanted to do that I never did was I want like a little beanie baby of me, like a little stuffed Johnny W doll. And I don't know how many we'd sell. You had me. You finally said the word. You finally said doll. Yeah. Like, but I, you know what I would call it? What? A Johnny snuggle you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, guys! Would you, heard you it buy here. one for Sadie? That's all I need to know. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Does she still sleep with stuffed animals? That's she's outgrown that. No, she sleeps with a volleyball. She <laughs> <laughs> she sleeps with a Mickey. Okay. That we got her. It's like a very vintage Mickey. It's like a yeah. that we got her the very first trip. So it's kind of like a, a true family keepsake of right. our Disney World, you know, life that that began. Um. I don't know how old she was when she first went seven or eight. So it's kind of yeah. like, you know, the Mickey's pretty important. It's like, it's not, I don't even think she knows it's always there. We just keep it in the bed. Johnny, I'd leave it there for me. Well, it's so, right. yeah. we are, we don't have, we don't have dumb stuffed animals anymore. We have our phones. That's what we, that's our <laughs> dumb security. That's our security phone. blanket. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny about the, the media changing or the merch because I had an interesting, I had a moment of complete, um, procrastinated distraction. Yeah. You ever had that moment where like, there's a bunch of stuff you need to do uh-huh. and you just can't, you don't do anything because the list is overwhelming. Yeah. I'm like, so I don't like, this is so much stuff to do. I'm going to lay down. Yeah. Which is a very, well, it's a very, I don't think you ever get to that point. I That's, do. I think you want to relate to the common man right now. <laughs> But meanwhile, you're probably writing a book in your head right now. Guys, with my like, left, I'm just like you guys. My right hand's holding a microphone. My left hand's typing right now. <laughs> <clears throat> um, no, it's a. It's like a. I, I get there. I'll get something done that day. Yeah. But I did not do the things I should. Yeah. Which sounds like Romans seven, Johnny. Oh my oh gosh. Oh my goodness. And so the wretched man that I am, mm-hmm. I ended up doing a deep dive. The reason was I met with a friend uh, who's a manager, and he manages um, a lot. Of Baskin Robbins, of no. legacy Christian oh, okay. artists. Yeah, so like I'm talking the biggest of the big in the you know 80s, 90s, early 2000s. Like I'm not going to name them because I don't want to. You don't want name drop. I don't want name drop. But but they're like wow. You but know, whoever you're thinking, it's them. Right, it's them. And so <laughs> we met and talked about a bunch of stuff, and we were hanging out, and it got me thinking about some some songs. And so Johnny, I sat here. Yeah. 
probably took 30 minutes. When my wife hears this, she's going to just be like, you did what with you? you know, cause, because it's, it's going to be a waste of everyone else in the world's time but mine. Like everyone's going to think this was worth it. But this. everybody goes down a nostalgia, you know, rabbit hole sometimes. But see, it, it's a shameful – this is where I'm being real. I'm a Christian music kid. Yeah. Like I just, I just was. Oh, no, totally. Me too. And, and I enjoyed it. And so people – like my daughter will roll her eyes at the things and she's 13 that yeah. I enjoyed. And it's like, it's okay that I enjoyed that. Now look, she'll be ashamed of her childhood too. Well, I don't want to be ashamed. Um, but I'm saying you look back and go, that was cheesy or that doesn't hold up or whatever. But it we is. were listening to MC hammer but and vanilla ice you, and, and yeah. Aerosmith and all the stuff too. But yeah. I really ate, slept and breathed right. Christian music. And yeah. then, you know, when I was with, you know, other people, I would listen. I like the songs, Johnny, but did your mom outlaw? Did your mom and dad like outlaw secular music? No, they didn't. No. See that we we I love Christian music. So not only did I think I was better than other people for listening to Christian music yeah. versus secular music, I did not have the option. So it wasn't like I could be like, or I could just shop from this store. Like I, <sighs> we went to the Lifeway store or whatever, and that's where I that's that was my only world. So I was like, within this world, this I like this stuff. I I. I don't but know. I, knew, I was aware of it. Like I would go, like I worked at the Knoxville Zoo, and I would hear on the radio. So the radio would be playing in the background. So I knew Top Forty would be Casey's. Casey, Casey's Top Forty. Top Forty. And yeah, so I would listen, and I oh, okay MC Hammer, and I knew yeah that that was out there. See what I mean? You you knew more music than anybody I knew, like all of it. Well, so a lot of it's retroactive though. Like I went back and rediscovered like new wave and eighties music yeah. after you know I became an adult. And yeah. I could make choices for myself. That may be, I don't know, my teen years, it's certainly diverse. Like, oh, wow, the cars were really good, but I was like right. 22. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, my mom and dad, if, if they would have heard something, you know, that was filthy or something, they would have told me to, to yeah. not listen to that. But there wasn't like some restriction or some, you know, uh, Just because something was not a, quote, Christian artist, it was not automatically But I probably was that, that self-righteous kid that... Yeah. found there's two things the truth is if i look back at myself yeah i really did want to be close to god like that's a thing um and that could get unhealthy because i didn't trust in him i trusted in what i did to get to him <laughs> yeah you know so if i didn't if i wasn't a good boy you know kind of thing so i had that that i i identified later in life as my as a you know an alternate version of phariseeism that people miss um and but it also had a lot of benefits to it because I really was close to God some. It wasn't because I listened to Christian music. But that was just one of the things. Like I, I, I enjoyed those things. But I, I enjoyed the music. I would try to convince my mom that what I was listening to was a Christian song. Nice. You know, I'd be like, hey, you remember that verse that says like for for a man to have long hair, it's a shame to him? She'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, listen to this song about it. It's called Dude Looks Like a Lady. <laughs> And she'd be like, hmm, interesting. That's, who is this? Uh, <laughs> it's Aero- a new group called Prerosmith. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Do you remember all of our old ones? Uh, Some of y'all. Uh, it, was, it, uh, it ain't Guns and Roses. It's, it's God, God and, and Moses. That's right. It ain't. What was uh, the second one? I don't remember it. I can't remember. These are so dumb. It was. Uh, it ain't Anthrax. It's Passing, passing Out Tracks. tracks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, you think, does Sadie know what a gospel tract is? No. No. Well, thank, maybe. Thank God. You know, she did go to a Christian school I'm for so a bit. I'm so glad that she'll never know what a $100 bill tip when you flip it over and it's actually a, you know what's even more important than money, dear server, <laughs> good, that I just stiffed. Right. Good luck that when you don't, you can't afford your rent <laughs> yeah. tonight. Or yeah. the chick tracks. Oh my gosh. Remember those? The ones that were like super, like the world is ending and going <sighs> to be given over to a cabal of Satanists. Yeah. Everyone was like this dark, uh, you know. They were like little booklets, little that, comic strips. You mean like that's just what it's like to peruse Facebook now? Yeah, it's right. True. It's all that does. <laughs> Facebook yeah. is the chick track. Yes, all all is ending. The world is lost, and yeah. God is not in control, and we're in trouble unless you take action right, right now. Right, and you have to be exactly as concerned about this as I am, right. or you're not concerned enough. Right, only the real believers yeah. care about all of that. Sadie's actually super. I got to be careful. Like we've raised her very. To, to be mindful of, to try to be mindful or figure out what is true Christianity. And so she's actually hypersensitive to what we would consider to be like not a good representation of Christianity. Yeah. And so she, we had this talk the other day, like we realized if you're not being kind, gentle, you know, open to reason, 
full of mercy, impartial, I mean, I'm quoting scriptures here, then she doesn't, she thinks that's not, it couldn't be Christian if it's not those things. Yeah. We just had that realization today how she's kind of like, but she'll also then speak against something. We'll go, well, honey, well, we do kind of believe X and X. Like what she's speaking against is the way that something is being, you know, uh, taunted, yeah. you know, in that sort of attitude. So she's like hypersensitive to the disposition of a gracious believer in terms of the way, but we also have to go, well, there, there is still, there are still issues that we land on. We just don't land on the expression of many Christians in the way that they are right. uh, making that a militant yeah. approach, you know. Um, yeah, everything's not a deal breaker thing. You could be like, ah, this is not my preference or I don't think this is necessarily the way. Right. That I would live my life, but to live in this way of like complete opposition and like militant, violent, yeah. you know, uh, rhetoric against something. And that's your entire personality. Right. Yeah. I think we've just made that a Christian's personality. When you think of an evangelical Christian today, if you talk to somebody in the world, like they don't picture a pleasant person probably. No. You know, and that's our fault. Some of that's our fault. Well, Some of it's, it's just like, well, nobody likes being told that they're wrong. And I get that. There is a, there's an offensiveness to the gospel sometimes, but this idea that like we've got to tell the world we got it's again that thing of last week where we feel like we're called to be the gatekeepers of heaven right and that just that's just how i grew up thinking that i need to be the guy who tells you you know well you've strayed right it's like instead of being like mind your own house yeah let god handle the other part you know well that i think some of that version in which we lived in before is that the only version of jesus that that kind of gets touted is the version where he turns over the tables. Yeah. He's, well, he turned over the tables. And it's like yeah. what we what we fail to miss is it would be our tables he was overturning if you're going to put yourself in the story. Yeah, and the fact that it was probably like one one-thousandth of his ministry. <laughs> right. Yeah, they take that thing as like that was an everyday occurrence. Jesus was constantly just turning, turning over, over the tables. tables. Right. You know. Like it's once during the Passion, right, when he came into the temple. Yeah. Right. And, and you would, again, if you were a believer, if you were a religious person, those were the tables he was overturning, the, the purity of the way that we worship God and don't right. add to it. I mean, yes. Yeah, I he, saw somebody tweet about it too and said, like, it's okay to be upset and turn over tables if you're also willing to die for those people days later like Jesus did. Wow. You know, like, do you still love those people like yeah. he did? You yeah. know, it's like, we don't. We, we turn over tables because we hate people. Right. We think we're being better than them. And we're like, oh, these people are the worst. Right. And I'm the righteous one by turning over the tables. That's not Jesus' mindset at all. Right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm the Pharisee that the table needs to be overturned and has been and does by his grace. I'm also the Pharisee that, like you said, within the same week, Jesus gave his life for. And that's a that that's the revelation. That's the big thing I always, I always think of. Like when I read Psalms, it's hit me hard that... I spend a lot of my time asking why about suffering in the world mm -hmm. or why things that I've planned or that I dream of or that I feel gifted to do or even feel called to do, why they don't always succeed in a way that I want them to. And you kind of get into those scriptures. It's like, well, but then you look over and you see someone who doesn't fear the Lord, if you want to use that term, or doesn't, is not even trying, it seems like. They yeah. seem to, you know, suddenly have profitable status in all of their endeavors. And you see David going, why did, why did the wicked prosper? Why is it that they prosper? And I think the question of the, of the scriptures, what the gospel does is we miss is we can all go, why do the wicked prosper? And we rarely mean ourselves yeah. when we ask the question, if you, the, the gospel would say, you're right. right. Why does the wicked prosper? Right. Meaning why are you right. we're alive using our, today? <laughs> yeah, we're using ourselves as this baseline of goodness. Right. Uh, yeah. That's uh, I don't know, man. Which is what I wanted to ask you today, Johnny. Why are you so wicked? Right. The wickedness <laughs> and the prosperity together. Some, I'm just struggling. Some, some, with Something's got to be done about my wickedness and prosperity. <laughs> it's a deadly combo. Oh, my goodness. But anyway, I made a playlist. Yeah. Oh, right, we're back. 90s and early 2000s Christian music. Yes. And, or just 90s and, and, and yeah, the first decade of the 2000s. Yeah. Because that was my youth pastor days, too. Oh, sure. So there's a lot of it then. That's just long trips in a van. Yeah, with these playlists. Man. I mean, it, it was some good stuff with the with the Walkman discman with that had the anti jog feature and then the little plug that's a uh -huh. cassette that goes into the cassette player. You have like eight, 80 different adapters to make and you it. You got all one work. kid that's going to be your DJ. 
Yeah. Or if you're a real Christian, you've made a bunch of burns and you've stolen <laughs> you've music. You've stolen from the all artists. the music, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I had in there, now I didn't, there's still some classics I haven't put in there. Yeah. Like, I was a huge audio drilling guy. I mean, just huge. Oh, yeah. And it's hard. Like, I just have an audio drilling playlist already. Yeah. Because there's just, if you just want some good rock music, Johnny, I mean, just good rock music. But, dude, there was like an old artist. And it's crazy. I like just a good pop artist, too. Mm-hmm. And I actually have a theory about this as an amateur songwriter that I think we're drawn to songs that use the pronoun she. Okay. I've told you this before. Right. Like, you can find quite a few hits where she is in the course. Right. And there's just something about that. They're telling a story about yeah. her. Right. And there's a guy that wrote a song called She's the Reason. And oh, it was yeah, just, yeah. What it was, was his name? Paul? It, Paul Allen. Paul Allen. I went and found a couple of Paul Allen songs, and they're really, really good. And he yeah. had another hit on the second record. Um, uh, I, I left the 99 to find you, and, or to find the one, and you're the one. Yeah. Like, it's just, I had not, not really, I just liked the, the hook of that song. But, but you like, write she songs, yeah. She I've songs. got she songs in my show because of that, yeah. because it's like, it's a big, it's a cliche. And yep. I'm trying to, I don't write parodies anymore. I write songs that kind of are parodies of the cliches genre, in music. Right, yeah. The, yeah. So they kind of satirize music itself. And uh, I, I, t- I hate to talk about comedy sometimes like it's so deep because I think we're getting we're getting to that era now where comedians think of themselves as like philosophers. There's been a lot that's right. been You're trending the sages on, of the generation. Right, that's been trending on Twitter. Like we take you on an amusement park inside your own soul and consciousness. And it's like shut up. <laughs> I heard your fart jokes. Okay, you're not doing anything. Right. So please, if anyone's listening to this thinking that that's what I do, then I apologize right. because Johnny is super I'm, shallow, guys. I'm so lucky to have this job, but but I do think like. I got to a point where I was like, I don't really want to do parodies anymore. Um, it's a nightmare royalty-wise part of it. And yeah. then it's also just like, it's kind of a sh- weird shortcut in a way. And I was like, ah, this is, I like the idea of other things. I, the artists that I really am into that do musical comedy, this is what they do. And I kind of like that that direction. But I did. I started writing those She songs. I've got one that I was working on, and I can't figure out how to make it for the show. But it's basically like, she's terrible at goodbyes. She's never been good at goodbyes. It's like a country song. And then in the end, it's just like she says goodbye. And it's like, see ya! <laughs> like, it's like she's, she's actually bad. That's she's good. actually bad at goodbyes. That's good. <laughs> I just don't know how to get it, like, ready, but it's going to be something. Well, She's Stupid remains one of the yeah one of the best things you ever done. She's Stupid, yeah. And again, I like it because I'm included. You're in it. it. You're yeah. on it. I have yeah. a big, big part. Yeah. So, yeah. speaking of, that reminded me, I went back and added some Paul Coleman trio. Oh, yeah. Which we played, we opened for them one time. I saw him at, I went and saw Steve Taylor and the Perfect Foil open for Jars of Clay. This is like the most 90s thing you wow, could ever yeah, say. Geez. It, but it was in 2006 or seven, maybe? No, it was about five years ago because it was before the pandemic. But anyway, they got back together. Steve Taylor got back together to put like a GoFundMe. And he's my favorite. He's the reason I wanted to be a Christian artist. Yeah. Like he was my favorite because he just wrote with such a weird satirical eye. Yeah. And so... I loved him, and so he was getting. And I'd never seen him live before, so I was like, "Oh, this, he's you know fifty eight or whatever." But let's go see this. And I didn't even stay for Jars; I just watched him. But anyway, Paul Coleman was there because you know he's they've done a bunch of production and stuff, yeah. and he was in. Uh, he's written for Jar. I don't know what all they've done, but he was in Newsboys for a while. Like he's one of the na- yeah, those Nashville right. guys. Yeah, yeah, he was the guitar. He's Australian, too. but he's one of those Nashville guys who's right. just done a bunch of things. So he knew Steve and helped produce. I think he helped produce that record, maybe wow. so. So I just saw him sitting at the bar. I was like, I know that guy. Because we opened for them one yep. time at a Christian bookstore. Yeah. The Paul Coleman Trio. Which we heard them open for third day in a big arena. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I was laughing about this. When we heard their name, yeah. I figured because we were raised in Southern Gospel stuff, we were like, what the heck? They're bringing some right, Southern Paul Gospel. Right, Paul Coleman Trio. You know, and when we heard their songs, I mean, it was like just super Again, very good, clean, simple rock with right. good melodies, good rock. hooks. Yeah. Had good delays on the guitars. You know, it just, it was very, and I remember they had that one song, it's called Hold Me. Mm-hmm. And um, he would say in the show, no, don't, for, don't miss the big drum solo in the middle. Because the thing Paul Coleman was known for was like super simple, like nothing, yeah. you know, just but, uh, but layers of simple until it became very very kind of rich right. and, and, you know, replete with these different oh, well. nuanced elements of the musical experience. Mm-hmm. And so like this. John wrote the liner notes <laughs> for the Paul Coleman Trio CD. 
<laughs> and so like when you got to the solo, they got to the end of the bridge and they went back into the course and the solo was like a ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it was yeah. like he literally Get just, it yeah. was nothing, you yeah. know, and they just, it was such a funny, like they were making fun of themselves yeah. for a simple. No, you know, they were funny even in their live show. I remember oh, about yeah. that, that they were really funny and uh, yeah, um, that was an interesting experience doing that because it was like we were outdoors. It was at a Christian bookstore. These are such weird. It's like, a big to, Christian bookstore, though. Yeah, these are yeah. weird to even think about because like now cause there's no Christian bookstores anymore. You know, that one still exists. Does it really? Cedar Springs. Christian store. Yeah, because it was an independent. Yeah, so but, they're still hanging on. They're still selling Precious Moments dolls. But all the family Christian Thomas stores. Thomas Kincaid paintings with scriptures at the bottom of them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're all, the others are almost all gone. And um, you remember I had a book deal one day. It literally was about to go through with yeah. uh, the Methodist Publishing House, and that was the day they shut down all the Methodist pub stores, <sighs> and they put the the deal on permanent hold. <laughs> wow. So yeah, people. I mean, Christian stores going away, and that's what the, my manager friend was talking about. Like you used to, like had, you had a pipeline, a distribution pipeline, yeah. where you could sell hundreds of thousands of units uh-huh. of something, and also back then you weren't streaming, and people have to realize this: albums were bigger than songs. And so there were Christian artists who would sell 500,000 albums. Yeah. And so, like, you're spending $10 instead of 99 cents. To get one song and you, that you heard on well, the radio. Well, no, but see, guys like me, though, I would ingest the entire album. Oh, yeah, of course. Then I'm saying, but I'm saying, like, you could sell that record on the strength of one, one song, song. And now you really can't get away with that. And anymore. now you have a, but you have fans then coming to your, to your show because uh-huh. we didn't have as much choice. So I had ingested the entire record. Mm-hmm. I knew every word of every song, and now I liked all these other songs because you saw me on the one off the radio. It was mm-hmm. a brilliant model, and you got a diversity of the music. And now it's like, yeah. I mean, Sadie, when we listen to music, it's one-offs. I mean, she yeah. makes a playlist, and we don't listen to the same artist usually twice. It's certainly not in the order that it came out on an album. Yeah. Like, it's such a weird... So it makes them write differently, too, because they're not writing, like, a theme necessarily. You'd hardly see any artist right. doing, like, I want this album to be about this, the darkness of the soul, or yeah. whatever. Like, it's not that. It's, like, right. hit, and then... Ten singles is what you're trying to... You're yeah. shooting for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very... See, I did I did that. Do you remember an old band called Hyperstatic Union? Yeah. Yeah. Had a couple hits. That It was very grungy, and they had some also some, like, funk yeah. going on. Uh, it was int- it was just an interesting little dude. I found some old stuff. There was an old group called Church of Rhythm. Yeah, I remember Church. Do you remember of Church of Rhythm? Yeah, they went on. All the guys I think went on to be in other bands and stuff. But they had a really big radio. They've hit. all been lead singers of Newsboys, probably. <laughs> it's just a rotating. <laughs> well, it was mid nineties. Like I would have been yeah. in high school. Yeah, you know, and then old Lincoln Brewster stuff. It one of his first albums mm-hmm. where he just went off on yeah. the guitar like no one ever had ever heard anything like it um but see anyway i don't know it just it's a it was a, a christian i can share the playlist with you johnny if you'd like please i don't do. know i don't no, know if you please do i i'm fascinated by it. yeah i think back to those times i think like what how much of that stuff still holds up to me how much of it would still be enjoyable to listen to and i've gone back and listened to some old stuff yeah the thing that bothers me sometimes is like when you you put them all in this time capsule, and I've seen some of those people now on social media, and I'm friends with some of them. So, like, there's bands that I used to really enjoy, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm friends with that guy on Facebook now. And he's spouting, like, conspiracy theory, yeah. QAnon stuff, and you're like, ooh. Yeah, I've had I some— I went to that guy's concert. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there have been—I got to be careful here. There have been people I've worked with yeah. that the last five years have shifted— our and maybe view. they're disappointed in us too, right? That's like, what I'm saying. Oh, maybe the, so. Yeah, we. Whatever. Well, I'm not big enough to be disappointed in Johnny. That's, that's true. the good that's news. True. Yeah. <laughs> the great news about being small is is nobody really cares. Nobody knows and yeah. cares. Um, but there is a there is a. I, I'm I'm saddened and even grieved not just by somebody's different viewpoint, but by the realization of how how quickly we've all reach different places because of the things in the world that have happened. Like, wow, we've now gone, how could we be so far apart on, for me, it's a lot about, again, the dis, there's complaints about tone police. Oh, you just want to be the tone police. You think Christianity is about being nice. And I'm going, I'm not, I'm really not of the tone police. And And legitimately there were times that Jesus was very corrective. It was usually towards religious people. Um, like me, 
And I think that we just get the context wrong of his corrective nature. But I do believe there's a part of the gospel that is very much calling you to, to change. But more importantly, the grace and the ability to change is given through that same gospel. So you can't change in your own because you tried harder or you were mad at other sinners. Like that's just – that's the the false gospel. So you got to have that dichotomy of how do I change? If I think I can just try harder, then I don't understand the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um and it'll be disappointing to me or I'll think I have changed and I'll just be a jerk to everybody. <laughs> and like if I see the, the you know, and Paul could be harsh, but again, towards the church. Uh, and, and so like when I see harshness as a disposition, not really towards believers even, but just into the ether. Yeah. And I don't see a a, a, a side of that that has, again, a reasonable reaction or a side of that that really builds kingdom principles even outside of, y'all just stop being scared. Right. It's like, you know, I'm not sure about that. That I struggle with that. Disp- I'm calling that a disposition issue for me. Yeah. Not a tone police issue. This is a disposition issue that speaks to something going on of how we view the gospel, in my opinion. I could be wrong. I really could. Yeah. It's like we even want to do like some of these men's events uh, that's like they promote this warrior mentality. Yeah. And I do believe we're in a war spiritually, but I just believe that that war is not won in the same way that we win physical war. Yeah. So it's like I saw a video uh, a couple of days ago, and it was of a guy who was a teacher of a special needs kid. And the special needs kid could not enjoy recess with the other kids because he couldn't move his limbs. And so this this teacher was taking this kid through the obstacle course and helping him on the monkey bars and jumping up and down with him on the trampoline, holding him, cradling him. This is like a 12 year old kid. This man's doing this. And I was like, this definition of biblical manhood, huge quotes, which has come to be defined as uh, a a strong defense of my interpretation of scripture against enemies, both real and imagined. Yeah. You know, that's what it's become. That's biblical manhood. We got to go to war against right. people who are trying to destroy our belief system. I was like, have a look at this. This is biblical manhood. And I shared that video. And, you know, I really believe that. Like if we're and I don't believe it has to be either or. Sometimes there's a time to make a defense. Sure. But come on, man. What do we want to be known for? Yeah. You know, what is war? What is Like, if you want to go to war against something, go to war against the complacency that makes us forget disabled people or what all all of those things. That's what we want to be known for instead of like, oh, man, that guy really punked that guy out. You know, he want like we want to score these imaginary points against people. Yeah. And then they want to score points against us. And even if you think you're right, like I was thinking about that the other day. If I think somebody on the other side ideologically is right, it hurts me so much that I have to, like, give them that. And that shouldn't be. That's the opposite of humility. That's not how you win. Yeah. Well, it's an upside down kingdom. And so if you win according to the ways that that this world wins, it it can't be in alignment. Um, It's the Jesus that we espouse today would not have told Peter to put his sword down and would not have put the ear back on Malchus's head to heal him. Was that guy's name Malchus? Yeah. I didn't know he had a name. I think it was Malchus, the servant of the high priest. Look, I don't know. Jeez. That's Malchus. What, what Bible are you reading? <laughs> I mean, but he wouldn't have. We make a new show called Malchus in the Middle. <laughs> He's like standing between the Pharisees and the. Anyway. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> Holding his ear. He's like, what, what did you say? That's his whole his tagline. Episode, I, episode I one, that. lend me your ear. <laughs> episode one, what now? <laughs> but I mean, like, like guys, yeah. you got to ask yourself the question: Do you really like Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, of the Gospels, right? And or is he just a mascot now for your political ideas, right? Do you like pick out the both left and right do that? By the way, oh sure they do. You know, the, the far left wants to make him like, like a total socialist, right? No morality, right? No doesn't morality. care. What don't you worry do. about it. Right. Yeah, doesn't care. Don't don't go bother changing for me, right? And then the far right wants to make him this guy. Well, you know, he's got he's got guns. He's whatever. It's just, it's a it's a craziness, but it's what we do. We make him a mascot instead of saying for what it is, right? I don't know. And it's a it's a real like take. I, I isolated scriptures that, like, 
Scripture is so clear that the disciples had, but most of the time, no idea what Jesus was talking about. Yeah. No idea. Like they would go, "What?" and he would have to tell them, "This is what this meant," and that he would—they were just confused. I mean, he told them point blank, "I'm going to die, mm-hmm. and they're going to crucify me, and in three days I'm going to be raised up." And they did not get it. When he died, they were—it was like it's like he had said nothing. They just thought it was over. There was no like, "Ooh, I wonder what's going to happen in three days." There's no record. It's complete confusion. Yeah, and so like. This idea then that we take something where he says something like, I came not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. I came not to you know, bring together, but to divide. Like we take that and it's the, the it's a, it's a mystery. And he's talking about how the gospel, that's that whole thing. He said, there is an offensiveness and a divisiveness to it. Right. But he literally told them not to bring swords. Like, you know, or when someone said, hey, hey, I have a sword here. He's like, it's enough. Like most people think he's like, that's, you don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. He obviously wouldn't even let him use him because the guy tried and he said, put that away. Like when we take the practical reality of the story and we find the mystery from ancient documents that even the guys standing around him didn't know exactly what he meant because he's God. Right. And there was, there's mystery to his sovereignty. And we go, then we make a religion out of this. And I read in a book that a really good lie has 90% of the truth. But what makes it a good lie or a deception is that the other 10% becomes the key fulcrum of the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, when, when you can go all the way to the garden for this, but a great lie will be filled with truth. But the thing that matters most about it will be the part that is in question. If you want it to be true, then the 90% that's unquestioned will be the thing you focus on. <laughs> right. You can't focus on the 10% that becomes now the whole hinge upon which all this yeah. stuff goes. So if a violent Jesus is the hinge upon which your ideolo- ideology moves. Or a Jesus that's totally okay with you just hoarding wealth. That's the big American thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like he somehow, wants we, you to somehow we've made yeah. it okay because we, yeah, we just taken totally like... Yeah, we just exegete those scriptures. Like, no, 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 but that's what he meant here. Like, I, I would you prosper as your soul prospers? So that means this is totally okay. Right. And you were like, okay, I don't I don't know about this. What about the part about, well, what that meant was the camel in the eye of the needle, go with me here. And then they, so we start, we <laughs> right. start backpedaling right. when we know that money changes us. We know that it decays. We know that it kills what it touches. And we have, that's why we have to give a bunch of it away. Right. If you're going to have it. Right. He says, those who are rich, do not let your heart be set upon your riches. Like, and, and those who are rich should be generous. But we try to just justify, well, look, it's what he meant was, it's like, right. yeah, I don't, we, we're not, we're, we, we cherry pick. You find a way to piecemeal your generosity into a place where, and look, everyone does have to, as it says in, in Philippians 4, let each one purpose in his heart what he gives, not begrudgingly, but with generosity. So, and you know, whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly, and all those things, there's, those are in there, but they're I principles. A, I think it's a good time to mention the Patreon. Um, Guys, whoever gives to Patreon sparingly <laughs> will continue to reap whatever this garbage is that we're recording. <laughs> but if some of y'all would start sowing generously. Talk about that podcast.com. <laughs> Maybe the, we'd make a better product. Archived episodes, such. <laughs> <laughs> Give and it shall be given, Johnny. Press down, shaken together. Um, I wonder what the I wonder what they were pressing down and shaking together yeah, into, like a the, box. Yeah, what were they making? Was it like a? I wonder because I always imagine like baking soda vinegar. You know, it's like a big chemical reaction happening, yeah. running over. Yeah, it's an explosive. Or like you shake up a soda. I'm sure youth pastors have used the. Oh, you! This can won't be able to contain this. Watch me! I'm gonna shake it and press yeah, it. And you together. call up a volunteer from the audience. Come on up here, Jennifer. <laughs> Uh, I want you to open this soda that I've just shaken. Hmm? A little uh-huh. apprehensive? <laughs> you know what Why you don't would want that to be? be? I think my point has been made. I never forget that video you sent that they made that that spoof promo video. Yeah, he's like, he's like, look, if you want to help talk to kids, you got it. And he was on his knees to the audience. Oh no, he says sometimes you need to get down on their level, like I'm doing with you right now. <laughs> and he's on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, one of my favorite videos ever it's and it's so been great. seen that's that's the proof of the internet not being a good like value indicator because it's yeah. been seen by like four thousand people or it's proof that we don't know what's good that's true there's that's the other true. Thing. It could be uh, maybe the populist mob 
is better than us and we sit back as elitists yeah. throwing rocks at it. And the truth is we're just not as good as the rest of the world. Man. You ever thought of that? That's humility. I love throwing rocks at elitists. Uh, <laughs> and a we're the elitists. That's my, oh, wait. Throwing I'm, rocks at I'm sorry. <laughs> Hold on. It's got to be your rock. It's got to be your elitists. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's very interesting because well, I was going to say, okay, back to the story. It's the thread. It's the through line throughout okay, this entire episode. Sure. I then thought of an album I wanted and I could not find it on Apple music. Cause all the rest of these Apple music, I'd go find it, pull it yeah. in a playlist, could not find it. And this is going to be the nerdiest thing of all. Yeah. Do you remember forefront records, 10th anniversary birthday album? Of course. You we, can't find wore it out. You can't stream it. Why not? I don't know. It was great because it had old tracks, but it had like other tracks that were done by other artists. Yes. So, you it, know, you would hear like somebody doing a DC Talk song, but it was another forefront artist. It was it was a, like a, you know. Seven Day Jesus did a cover of Big House. Yeah. That was better than the it's original. Pretty good. In my yeah, opinion. Really like, good. It was really good. And I found myself wanting that record. So this is when it got stupid. Oh, no. So then I went to eBay. And I found it. And they were also selling cassettes, Johnny. This is back to your point. You could buy the cassette. Yeah. I paid the money and I bought the album and it's being shipped to my house so that I can upload the CD. Although, because my old computer still has a CD drive. Yeah. So I should be able to upload it there. And somewhere, add it somehow into Apple Music somewhere from there. Somewhere Eddie DeGarmo got a nickel from <laughs> Forefront when you did that. He's selling them out of his garage probably. Dude, I found Bleach. The rec- remember Bleach, yeah, the record of static. I Bleach. Remember a band called Luna Halo? Bleach were like our Weezer. Yeah, they were like nerd rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I did some old Reliant K. I still like Reliant K. I mean, oh, just, my gosh, K. incredible. Yeah, and obviously I still listen to Switchfoot. You know, it's it's hard to put them in. There's a few that are already. I don't know. I don't know. I think that you said it at breakfast. You said it's this hard morning. to put them in a category of. It's hard to like add yeah. them to this playlist because I already have again a Switchfoot playlist. Yeah. Like you know that's a okay right. that's that's still something that's that's current for me. You said something, but I still have this analog childhood. Yeah, and I think it, I think it affects me more than I know. Like I think that I still, like I'm working with this, some social media management. Well, artists things. are selling cassettes. Like to your point about cassettes, like what? there are modern artists selling cassettes at shows now because like Zennials want physical media they like the idea of it and they're buying cassette players to play them we're dinosaurs man. that's really happening like there's an artist that i've been following because they blew up on tiktok and they kind of went back to their house it was a brother and sister duo called dury and they're from minnesota Uh and i found them on tiktok and i was like this song is my jam it's like so cool and they're just just it's a brother and sister duo and now they're starting to do shows so it's like a totally reverse engineered career because they, you know, he came from this other like indie band that was a totally different style. Then he started making music with his sister. Well, now they're blowing up, and so they're doing shows and they're selling cassettes. Like that's part of their merch, oh and they sold gosh. out. They ordered like a thousand cassettes, and they've already sold them all. Oh my gosh! And so, I can't believe a thousand people have cassette players. You have to go get one, I guess, because it's not like old people buying these. This is like I'm telling you, it's like an ironic purchase. Unbelievable! Because they want that handheld totem. Why not a of CD? music? Because they're tired of pushing a button. I think it still feels digital. It's still ones and zeros. So like a cassette feels, and it does have a different vibe to it. Cassettes do. Although I never, I got, I didn't, I got used to the tape hiss. Yeah. You know, there's a, definitely a hiss there. And of course records have their own kind of. But you got to wait for noise. it to rewind. That's the thing. Even a record player. I'm telling you, there's something you can about move the it. Needle. People, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to take, but I'm telling you for like the past five years, I've noticed that, that artists are selling cassettes like these indie artists are like or you can get the cassette i'm like what are you doing and it's become like this thing to do you know by the way what is not available out there it's that scarlet thread on especially on, on apple a, music on or iTunes. Why, why aren't we out there and i thought we could probably for free go upload our, our ep why not why for free Let's well, get we'll some, sell it. Let's get our pennies. No, 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 we're not selling it. We can upload it Let's for get free. our streaming pennies. And let's see. I wonder. I wonder Put us on Spotify. wonder if there's going to be like a 90s, early 2000 resurgence of style. Oh, wow. And a you know, little grungy, little rocky, little poppy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> little pop rocky. Huh? <laughs> little Johnny. Dude, you, you had the grunge voice. I don't know. That's... You had the, you did it. Yeah. I mean, you have the best voice of, I mean, Johnny, you have one of the best voices. The voice of a generation. I mean, people 
came by the dozens to hear it. They and that's a good record. I still stand by it. Well, um, let's put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, um, can I put you on that? I'm a little busy right now. Did you go figure uh, out? Yeah, it sounds like you've been really redeeming your time. Listen, I took one 30 minute window when I was overwhelmed. <laughs> There's no way it was 30 minutes. It might have been an this hour. Feels like two at, hours. At best, no, I think it was at best an hour. Just and shopping I, around on eBay was half an hour. No, I found. I just hit Johnny. It's called Google. It took me straight to <laughs> she it. She said Google. Google. <laughs> Google is one of my uh, yeah. Scottish words. Google, yeah. yeah. Well, Your kids are all over the Google. Well, I want to hear the. T- I want to. You have to bring me a copy of that, or send me a copy. We're, gonna, how you we're do now going to burn it. <laughs> well, not burn it, but like, how do you? Because how would you even do it? Because we don't. I wonder. I wondered that had to be the day before protect the, the protected files. Yeah. So surely I can just burn it, and rip just it, send it, send it to me in a Dropbox yeah. link or something. Because I'd like to hear it. Because I remember that. I remember really liking that record. There's an other remember. another old record that I. I have. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where I got it. I think I ordered it on eBay too, like a couple of years back. And it is, um, it's called Erase, and it's about racism. It was a oh, okay, yeah. It had it, a, it was like a, a compilation of different artists writing songs, but it was hip hop. Um, it was the Goatee Record. Yeah. And one of the reasons I got it was, is my friend Otto Price was the bass player mm-hmm. for DC Talk, and he was one of the one of the producers. He produced a lot of different people. Yeah. And um, he was one of the executive producers of Freaking and Country when he was at Word. But I'm saying, Otto, didn't Otto play for he, DC Talk in their house band too? Yeah. But I'm saying they made a band. That house band made a record yeah. called Zilch, and he was in that band too. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I went and got that record because, again, I, and it's funny. I remember where I was. We were listening to it. I remember being on spring break, like in my junior year in Panama City, Florida. Yeah. That's Which lets so you know powerful. the Christian kid. We're driving down spring break and I'm oh, listening to right. but I, wearing your board shorts. You know what? I'm I'm not ashamed. I mean I had so many so much thing. I need to girls not be ashamed. In one, girls in one pieces. It's okay to be a teenager who wanted to who wanted to please God and I didn't always. Most of the time I did not, but like I didn't I just no, didn't want to go throw my life away. Like I don't know. I, I thought he had a good life for me and I was right. You were and you didn't throw your life away because so, here we are. Guys, if you would have told me uh-huh. 20 years ago that I'd be sitting here doing this award-winning podcast with Johnny W., the famous comedian. I would have said, you're crazy. You are crazy. We used to always, you want to tell that story, what we used to always say? What? We we knew we, knew we were small. We yeah. never thought we were big as stuff. Yeah. Like, we always knew, wow, we're not big at this. Well, nobody, that's the thing. I think we knew that nobody is. It's like, we always knew there were outliers, and there's just a lot of people, like, making things. We right. just wanted to be one of those people. I mean, I think we wanted to be a big deal, but I think there's also something to like. We did smell the roses at some point. Like, go, this is fun making things too. Yeah, we just we we did. We came to a place where we enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, but we would be, and then we would do youth ministry, and you would always say like, once we were like ten years into stuff, you yeah. go, John, if you'd have told me ten years ago right. that we'd be standing here serving pizza to these thirty five kids right now, yeah, I'd have said you're crazy. Yeah, because. That's we what it still, is. That's yeah. what it is. That's, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's almost weird to want anything more than that. Cause it's like, that's what, I don't know. It's fun. I want to go back to that, John. Well, I'm not going to lie. I want to serve pizza to kids. Um, and um, those jobs are open. Guys, the they're open. <laughs> uh, <laughs> those jobs are out there. Yeah. Cause I've been interviewing for youth pastors. So do I really want it? Probably not. But. Not. It's fun to say. I will say this. I've, I have been holding down the fort in the youth group and sitting with a few kids yeah. just with a guitar. Or I've taken them bowling. I'm taking them to the movies, taking them to Chick-fil-A. We get ice cream. That's the big four. That's and huge. Man, it's, what's weird about it is it's still... Is there any... Are you preaching at all to these kids? No. <laughs> You're like, look, we've done the thing. We've been bowling. <laughs> we go to Chick-fil-A. Then we go back, bowling, well, Chick Fil A again. Here, and, uh, look, I don't know what's going uh, on with these kids. Their lives are falling apart. But this is the difference. Full. This is the difference between forty-three-year-old John yeah. and twenty-three-year-old John. Okay, is that I'm not assuming yeah. that their greatest need in life is the wisdom I could spend forty-five minutes telling them. Okay, part of that's being a dad to a teenager. Right. It's like wow. And the other thing is, is they're if they're in my church, I'm already their teaching pastor, so they're yeah, hearing me true. every other week. Right. 
So you're there. You're you're present. I'm just trying to show a, up. Yeah, yeah. and good. I'll I'll read this. We'll read a scripture. You don't do like a bowling, sing a few songs. You don't be like, look, that seven ten split is just like our lives. Come on, guys. Sometimes you can't get this without some help. Sometimes there's a chasm between where you are and where you want to be. And you did your best. It looked like it should be perfect. You threw it right down the middle. You did. And sometimes God's going to take that, mm. and He's going to the angle. Yeah, that he's going to come at is going to. Oh my goodness! Let me, let's turn in your Bibles. He's going to gonna reframe the story of David and Goliath. Reframe because it's, it's like a it's a bowling frame. It's a, <laughs> some of y'all don't have no grace to spare for yourselves. <laughs> some of y'all act my, like some of y'all act like turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of, I took him bowling last week. Yeah, Aubrey. Yeah, my daughter's best friend. My you know my best friend's child mm-hmm. doesn't like bowling. I kind of talked her into going. Johnny, I've never in all my years of doing this, Mm -hmm. never. I want you to guess how many strikes she had in the first game. I don't don't want to guess. Could you guess? I don't like this What would be a big deal? Three strikes. Three strikes to make a turkey. I had to tell them, you know, this is going to be a turkey. Three strikes in a row at the end is a turkey. No, no, no. Three strikes at any point is is a a turkey. Three strikes in a row is a turkey. Aubrey had six strikes out of ten frames. Whoa. And she doesn't bowl. She's got a gift. And she pretty much gutter balled all the other ones. Oh, so it's, she's... It was like a... T- it's like the Mark most, McGuire. It's either a strikeout or a home run. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Huh. She didn't do nearly as good the second game. Okay. <laughs> but it was... I find that when I play golf, it's like the yips go away because you're just like, whatever. Yeah, all your care. weird mental stuff, and you're like, I'm yeah. pretty good at golf. And then it comes back. Right. Like by the sixth Now hole. you're trying to be good at golf again. Yeah. Because you think you're good at golf. Right. This could really work. I could see me actually going and playing every week. What I could see you... me not being embarrassed, and then you just right into the water. This becomes a pro bowler, though, and it's you opened the window to her. Oh my goodness. You marched her through. What if she was a pro bowler who donated all her proceeds to charity? A pro bono pro bowler. Huh? John? What if she... <laughs> We'll edit that out. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, Johnny, it reminded me like how fun, it, like you said, like there's just a purity to it. Like just people hanging out, having fun. I just, I don't know. There's something natural about or it. Or bowling. Right. That's oh, they fun. really loved it. It was great. That's cool. It was great. So I don't know. Uh, but I do play my guitar a little bit. Did you put on a little 90s Christian rock for me? Hey, guys. Uh, like, hey, guys. Uh, let you... me introduce you to a little group called... <laughs> Avalon. No, my poor dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, Avalon, which were great. Didn't you, but- do a, didn't you teach him a human video to testify to love? <laughs> They're going to love it. <laughs> Here's the Holy Spirit uh, dove that you make. I oh, still make that dove. Oh, you got to make that I'm dove. I'm making it right now. Once it's we're on video. Well, it's Napoleon Dynamite, too, that dove. They, yeah. they took that from Christian human video culture. Yeah. The Happy Hands Club. Yeah. I, I did, when my daughter got in the car, picked her from school yesterday. Yeah. I had the 90s playlist going. And I'm not going to lie, I think it put her in a bad mood. Like, she was in a bad mood by the time we got home. Oh. So I was like, this didn't work like I wanted it to. She she was like, oh, Dad's... Dad's a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I think that... I think it really happened. I think she was like, wow. Mm. She was. I think she made a comment like, so this is not the kind of music like that I would be interested in. Or something like that. <laughs> so I was like, hey, man. Or anyone cool. Why don't so. you give your, you know... And then I get real like, hey, you know, I was cool before you were born. Like, I understand coolness on a level like you can't understand. So that's the coolest thing you could ever say is, I don't think you understand how cool. I don't I think am. you understand. How I don't cool think you're getting how cool I your am. Your mom right and now. dad are, and uh, <laughs> you know, hey, why don't you call me whenever you can? You know, I don't know, do your own algebra. You know, I don't know, but but you know, like cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> you call me when you can buy your own car. Yeah, yeah. now that. So also so not. debt is how you. <laughs> yeah. Shame and debt. Basically, my whole fathering philosophy is wrapped up in yeah. convincing my daughter I'm cool, listening to these music. Once you will get a credit card in your own name and run that thing up, <laughs> then tell me about cool. Okay. Would you call me whenever? Would you go make some purchases to impress people you don't even like? <laughs> That's when I'll know you grown up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in other news, I don't know a lot about being a father. It's really harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm but, sorry, John. But I love my kid. That's good. That's good. I'm kind of banking on that. Like, yeah. I'm kind of banking on... I think that's a big part of it. I'm going to be present, and I'm going to love my kid, you know, unconditionally. So, But I really wish I was giving better advice, because I thought I'd be that guy. I had great advice before being a parent. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I might have great advice for other parents. I'm just saying when was you're it, in it. Somebody, I read that the other day on Twitter, and it was somebody that was in ministry, and they said, if you go to, what does it say? So he, they overheard it at a conference. It said, parents of newborns to five-year-olds write books on parenting. Yeah. Parents of teenagers write books on prayer. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, really wow, good. that's good. Yeah, I was on Dadville, you know. Yeah. And they have the big question at the end all the time. Every episode. So tell us what's your you know, one piece of advice or whatever. Mm. And mine, it really was like a, um, guys, I think I'd be a fool to give advice. Like I just. They were like, I that's could, the wisest thing we ever heard. <laughs> you serious. just broke the algorithm. I was just like, I just think, I just think I, I, I'm, I'm, if I acted like I wasn't lost doing yeah. this, I'd, that'd be really disingenuous. So what I could say is, man, I want to just try to be present in her life. I mean, that's the best. I mean, I just thought I'd be teaching more. You know, yeah, but you are, you are teaching. Oh my goodness, guys. Every time. Every time. I mean, there is a lot. And she probably, in her mind, I probably am teaching a lot. Yeah. But in my mind, this is like a 10th of what I could say. Like, it's just a lot of restraint. It's just a lot of not saying the things that are supernatural for me as the quote unquote youth pastor guy to say. And because I don't want to push her into some place, you know, like she's going to have to discover I'm going to be present for it. And I don't know. Well, the hope is that she comes back one day and says, you were right. And that's the Oh, my goodness. Dad, I... I (laughs) Remember all that pushback I gave you? Yeah. You were were so right. And then she reaches in her pocket, pulls out an audio adrenaline cassette, puts it into her Walkman and plays it, and we listen together and with tears. That, Johnny, that's... That's... Not ever going to happen. That's when... And then you... There's a big, big yard where you can play football, (laughs) too. And you're like, this is the dream. We do play volleyball in the, in the yard. That's so a different. Wouldn't call it a big, it's a big, yard. big pit. <laughs> Isn't that a, and what they call a volleyball? It's sand. a court. It's a court. Even the sand one. It's we call a pit? it sand courts. Yeah. Okay. What Johnny, am I thinking? I don't, what am I thinking? I don't hell. <laughs> <laughs> what game are you playing? Uh, Johnny's got a dark side. Everybody, yeah, I tell you let's what. go play ball in the pit. Getting this pit out here. <laughs> Isn't there a what is that game that kid broke his leg at the camp that year? I don't think you were there for that. Slam ball? That's what everybody plays now at camps. Christian they play camps. spike the ball. Tr- spike ball. And- What's the one with the little wall, the little half wall made to just break your leg in half? Oh, I don't know. Uh, shoot. Volleyball? Someone's screaming right now. Okay. Sorry, guys. I'm still... Johnny and I played Trivial Pursuit. There's a half wall? Yeah. You get in it and... Oh, I don't even know. I forget how the game works. Oh, geez. That sounds awful. No, they love it. It's like the huge game at all the camps. And then they had one at, at Sadie's Old Maybe School. Maybe that's a pit then. They have yeah. a pit for sure. What's the name of that? I don't know. Guys, I'm sorry. Send us your cards and letters. <laughs> um, let us know what that game is called. Just angrily, all caps, tweets yeah, at us. It's going to be, okay. be a lot of that going on. Um, Every game I remember is kids running and they're hosing down last night's leftovers in a baby pool and kids are running, uh, diving into it. And that's the relay race. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, we did we did a lot of that. We were what's what happened? It was they loved it. But didn't Andrew? Didn't our pastor Andrew make up a game when it rained one day? They got all the kids. You get all the kids in the gym, and he made up a game where you just like go get a cup of water, dunk it in the bucket of water, and run down and throw it in the kid's face who's yeah. sitting in the chair. Water in the face game. Water in the face game. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Kids love it. Yeah, they except literally just the, run up and for the water in the face. Kid, just throw water and well, no, they you got to throw it in everybody's face. I think. Oh, okay. Like, you go sit was, down in the chair and throw it in your face. You oh, go I thought it was one kid. It was just a no. That just a designated. You know, that's, that's, that's designated that's, waterboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you know. You know, it's like a. Because <laughs> it said waterboarding sounds like some, waterboarding just, in Guantanamo Bay sounds like this. Uh, yeah. Amazing getaway. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know what it is, and you tell somebody from like 1980, I went waterboarding in Guantanamo Bay. They're like, wow. This guy's got, got, some, you got come, some money. You come from money. <laughs> no, but yeah, you, throw, all inclusive? you throw the water in the kid, add, you know, kid after kid until and then you go, now say the memory verse. And then that's the, <laughs> you see if he's been programmed properly. <laughs> Lord have mercy. There's so much in our past, Johnny. Yeah. And a lot of it's good. Yeah. But wow. It's but, good that we're here now. And we can talk about it. It is. It is. It's good. Um, because you could have made a documentary, one of those documentaries about Because I probably held the hose and sprayed down the baked beans in the baby pool. Oh, you did. You know. 
Yeah, we did a lot of I that. I wanted it to be real sloppy for the kid diving in. Yeah, yeah. Don't break a rib. Remember we used to make him do wrath appeasers? Do you remember that? No. That was a that rusty sounds... Salyer thing. Wrath appeaser was if you started complaining, they had to like drop on their face in the dirt and like they had to take their hands and legs and be like, so wait a minute, have a mercy, kid, have a mercy, kid, have a mercy. Just complaining and you yeah. grab them? Like it? No, no, no. You tell them, okay. all right, give me five wrath appeasers and I'll give you 50,000 points or whatever. Oh, I see. And so it's like uh, what you do with a bullhorn from the tower. No, we don't get down there with the kids, Johnny. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. Uh, but just wrath like, appeaser sounds very dark. It yeah, sounds like. They get down and they take their fists and their legs and they put them on the ground and say, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy until you tell them they can get up. That was when I was a kid. That was one of the things we did. Sounds like a doom metal band. We are Wrath Appeaser. (laughs) Tremble before us. It was one of our band names one time, the Floating Axe Heads. Oh, right, Floating Axe Heads. Yeah, that would have been... It's from Judges, it's very right? biblical. It is. It's from, it's biblical. It's, uh, it's an Old dude, Testament. It was an Elijah or Elijah story, so I'm going to guess that was going to be Samuel. Okay. Or Kings. All right. Yeah. God, Johnny. The floating accents. It, it, it could still work. It could. If this was 1992. I think, listen, it's all going to come back around. It's all going to come back though? around. As long as I wear Do a hat. you want it to come back around? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at people are buying cassettes again, Johnny. We, there's hope for anything. We're on the way anything. back. Yeah. We're on the way back. There is a market. Then it goes to eight tracks. Yeah. Then well, you can still buy records. buy vinyl. Yeah, I see vinyl My, my niece loves vinyl. Yeah. And I do think it's something about it, like holding a physical thing yeah. and looking at a photo and looking at liner notes. People do like that. Yeah. Because what we're getting is really, we consider it a better connection. Oh, I can just tweet at this person and they might tweet me back. But it's like, it's still not... The same. It's not what we were meant to have with an artist. Yeah. You were meant to like see him in the way he wanted to be seen and the liner notes say what he wanted it to say and he's thanking people and you're reading the lyrics, but it's not the same as just like we've made, I don't know, we're too close. Yeah. We're too close and we're, yeah. We get it too, yeah. There's no, yeah. We get to be like, yeah, but I know what Channing Tatum is like as a person. Like, (laughs) no, you don't. Stop thinking that. Why does it matter? You don't know. Just watch his movies and like the things he made and separate that from the person. Yeah. We just want you we want y'all to deal with us too, guys. Please. Like treat us like you would Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, is it so much to ask? <laughs> Come on. Look, we all all three of us have six packs. Yeah. Um, yeah. um I mean some of them are mine's soda. in the car yeah. in a cooler. <laughs> <laughs> but listener, we really do appreciate the time. We're okay with you knowing us. We this are. is what this is about. You know, we all know each other. We think you have chiseled jaws and attractive features. Sure. Not in like a Channing Tatum. Sure. Through the digital annals of space, there's a good chance that that's the case for you. Yeah. You have a digital chiseled jaw. Right. A digital six pack. Yeah. Like those are the kinds. Yeah. And you know what? If you want to exercise those muscles even more because you've enjoyed the time you spent with us, what could what could you do, Johnny? Well, I've already said we go to talkaboutthatpodcast.com. How many times do you want to promote it, Johnny? Oh. Well, that's what we We're do. We're to be belligerent with people. <laughs> Look, go well, you if don't you want. to repeat web addresses. Go to the Patreon if you want. Right. We, we're going to make things, but if you don't want, if you want to help us make things, we appreciate it. We, we really do. We understand that we're training you to believe you can receive this for free because we keep doing it regardless of your actions to support us or not. It's so not we, really a meritocracy. Right. We know that there's sort of a break in the logical flow, and you might be thinking to yourself, well, I can just keep doing what I'm doing now. Uh-huh. You know, I'm already getting the milk. Why buy the cow? I don't know. Is that what the expression was? I'm trying to... <laughs> and then one day you're like, I'm listening to a couple of cows. <laughs> don't do... Sorry, that got me. <laughs> one day, one day, maybe the cow gets tired of all your crap and stops making podcasts. So just know that that's a possibility. It's a perfect metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. So, hey, but seriously, though, uh, send us your comments, and uh, sometimes we read those in the air uh, if they're good. Actually, yeah. even if they're not, I don't know, we would probably read a critical no, comment. Oh, yeah, 100%. But what I don't want is you to know, make up a critical comment that's not no, true just, just so you get on the air. We're then we're just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, But if you have something you want to share that's honest and real and hopefully good, then send it on over. Maybe a question or a topic you want us to talk about. You want to know more about uh you know, writing or comedy or the creative process or friendship or life or theology or or social issues, bowling, or even politics, bowling. Uh, I coached a girl one time in six strikes in yeah. a single game. Mm-hmm. So, hey, anything's possible. But you can just uh, send us those things. All of our uh, emails and other things are there on the on the website, as well as Johnny's socials. Man, you should check them out. His comedy specials. 
I'll do, do it. Dry Bar, Amazon, um, in a local theater near you. YouTube. <laughs> YouTube. It's tough to get on YouTube. <laughs> it is. It's so hard. So, yeah, go and check out Johnny, and uh, you can check out uh, me as well on Instagram. Um, you know, Johnny, I'm, I'm pretty active there right now. You are active. So... Uh, there's stuff we're posting there all the time. So check out other interviews that, I, that I've done recently on our book, Not So Black and White. If you like the Enneagram, you can go check out Typology with Ian Cron. There's a link there on in, uh, my website, actually, johndriver.com. You can go find that. You can If you like Dadville, Babe Barnes, there's an interview there. If you like Jen Hatmaker, For the Love, there's an interview there. Lots of cool stuff. If you like Good Morning America, there's an interview there. Just johndriver.com. You can check it out. Wow, what a yeah. year you've had. <laughs> it was a crazy year. Uh, and it's over. Yeah, so now, it's okay. if, if you'd have told me last year, welcome back to Earth. That I'd be sitting here right now doing this again. <laughs> I said, "Yeah, that's pretty. That's probably going to happen." So, <laughs> hey guys, we look forward to doing it again next week, though. Here on talk about that. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East, equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app, or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.